You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. How are you th- uh, today there, Rob? I'm doing all right, Gary. Looking good. I'm glad Thank to you. Hear that. Glad to hear that. Uh, how was your week? Yeah, good week. You know, definitely seeing some activity. Uh, oh, you good. know, people feel like with the just abrupt shift in the economy over the last couple months, it's uh. like... People still need to buy homes. People still need to refinance. There's still human needs that need to be fulfilled. No matter what's happening with the economy, gas prices, housing prices, none of that. Inflation is just so rampant. It is. It is. And I actually, one of the reasons why I wanted to do today's topic is because there's a lot of frustration from home buyers, especially the first time buyers, about housing affordability, Mm. about what's going to happen when I want to buy a house in three months or six months and these prices keep going up, these rates keep going up. What am I going to do? So I've seen a new refound interest in condominiums, not only locally in Connecticut, but throughout the country in the areas I work. And the reason why condominiums are attractive, we'll talk about in depth, but they're typically on the lower end of the price range. Not always, Mm. but a lot of the time they are. And it's a great place to start your home ownership journey is with a condominium. Uh, So again, a lot of renewed interest in that. A lot of people that thought they were going to get a single family home or a multifamily home. And now- their needs have shifted, the market shifted, and they're suddenly looking at these condominiums as a, a way to bridge that gap and become a homeowner without biting off more than they can chew. I, You know, when I think of condos, though, I think, OK, so you got to pay the mortgage of it. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, some of these condos could have just as high of a mortgage sure, as, as a, sure. as a you know, single family home. Then you got to pay the taxes uh, on top of that. The taxes a lot, though, are lower. They are. Well, but then you've got condo fees that I, go up on I an agree. annual basis. And that's just an added. That's definitely one of the downsides. Like, we'll That's be a discussing. car payment for some people. It can be substantial. But yeah. I will tell you that when all else is equal, at the end of the day, condos a lot of the time do end up being a little more affordable because the sale price of a condo. I've had clients buying condos right now under $200,000. I've even seen an occasional under $100,000. Yes, they're not huge mansions or large properties, but you can't get a single family for that. You can't get a multifamily for that. So if that's your price range is a couple hundred thousand bucks in this market, condo might be your best option. It might be your only option. So it's something that shouldn't be you know, passed over. It's something that needs to be considered. Could be an investment piece that you rent there, out to somebody yes. too. Why can condos be attractive type of property to to live in though, to, and to own? Yeah. So like we've been talking about, the prices of condos are generally going to be lower than a single family or multifamily home. Yeah. Uh, so that's really the number one reason why people start looking at condos is because the affordability is there, even when you take into consideration all these other things. Now you were mentioning condo fees, so what what is that though? Condo fees allow you as a homeowner to do less maintenance. Condo fees pay for the plowing, they pay for de-icing, they pay for all of the yard work, the landscaping, the upkeep that needs to be done. If you have a single or multifamily home, you're doing all that on your own. 
So with a condo, you pay these monthly dues, these HOA or homeowner association fee, and it covers almost all of that upkeep for the general common areas and whatnot. So it's a lower maintenance uh, property by far than one of these alternatives. The other thing is amenities. Most condominiums have some sort of amenity. Maybe that's a gym that you can utilize. Maybe it's a pool or multiple pools. Um, I've seen condos that have even like down south a, a water park or a slide and stuff. Like these are all great amenities that people want to take advantage of. It's paid for through the homeowners association. It's paid for through the fees. But these amenities can be a huge draw for people. There's some that will buy a condo just for the amenities. Maybe there's a clubhouse with a pool table and mm. you know different things like that. You can take advantage of that and utilize that when you're using, uh, you're living in a condo. And the last piece that I'll say is why condos can be attractive is a community. So mm. when you're in a condominium, you're a part of a community. You're a part of a group of people that own a property within the same area, within the same project. That can give you maybe a little easier to meet your neighbors, to make friends, to really uh, establish roots and build out your family or whatever your next life goal is going to be. You know, it can be a lot of synergy there in a project like a condominium because you're meeting with other people in the condo. It's closer proximity. There's board meetings and different these amenities we're talking about. You might be there using the pool and your neighbor's there at the same time. You guys strike <laughs> up a conversation. Now you're fast friends. Even myself, I was renting a, in a condominium many, many years ago, and I found it a lot easier to meet neighbors and other sure. people yeah. just because of the proximity and whatnot. So there's advantages as well. But like as we're far as getting about. a mortgage, right? I mean, what are some of the main differences to be aware of when you're getting a mortgage on a condo? Right. So this is the part that a lot of people miss when it comes to getting and buying a condo is that there's a big difference when you're getting a mortgage on a condo versus a regular home. And what that main difference is, is the condo approval process. So not only do you have to get approved as the buyer of the condo or the person that owns the condo if you're refinancing, but also the condo association, the management, the uh, organization that's running that condo's financials, that's administering the homeowners association fees and whatnot, they have to also be approved. Now, depending on how much you're putting down and all the particulars, there's two types of a condo reviews. There's a limited review and a full review. If you put down in Connecticut more than 10%, it's considered a limited review. If you put down less than 10% on an occupied property, it's considered a full review. So these reviews have questions that need to be answered, financials that need to be reviewed, budgets, litigation. There's a lot that goes into it. Sometimes it can be harder to get the condo association approved than it can to be get the buyer approved for the mortgage. Mm. I've even seen some rare circumstances where the condo association may not be approved at all. Maybe they don't have enough money in their reserves. Maybe they've been mismanaged financially. They don't have enough money going into future expenses and, and accounts like that for reserve. When these things come up during the process, depending on the condo review, it can cause the entire project to be declined. So even if you're approved as a buyer, the condo might not be. So it's very important if you're buying a condo to have your realtor coordinate with your lender. Look at these budgets. Look at these different things up front, litigation. Let's make sure that it checks all the boxes before you're halfway into the process. And then we find out that there's a huge issue. Now, I will pat myself on the back and say, I've had many clients that have come to me with condos that couldn't get approved by other lenders or there were issues that came up during the process and 
almost every single time we've been able to resolve them. I think my track record's like 90 plus percent mm -hmm. that we've been able to resolve these issues and find ways around them, loopholes, different guidelines, different programs, whatever it may be. Um, but the other thing, and the last thing I want to make uh, everyone aware of when it comes to getting a mortgage on a condo versus a single family is that if you're putting less than 30% down, most people are, your interest rate is going to be higher than a single family home. How much higher? We're not talking about substantial. We're looking at like maybe an eighth of a point to a quarter point in interest rate. Um, sometimes maybe you can get the same interest rate, but you'll have to pay a little bit of a higher fee, maybe a point or a point and a half uh, charge in order to get that rate like a single family. So there are some different fees and costs that you want to be aware of along that, but uh, typically they will have the higher interest rates on a condo than a single family. So just be aware. All right. But now I w what I want you to do is maybe talk about some of the main pitfalls or challenges, yep. if you will, of that you see when getting a condo mortgage. Yes. So this this is very important because, like I said, if you don't handle this stuff up front, it will come back to haunt you oh, during yeah. the mortgage process. There's no way around it, really. So the number one pitfall that I see is you're buying a condo, your realtor's not communicating or you're not communicating with your lender. And there's issues that we could have been aware of had mm -hmm. we reviewed it up front. So looking at the HOA, uh, the Homeowners Association, looking at the budget on a full review, looking at the financial what do they have in reserves? Getting our condo questionnaire handled and completed as early in the process as possible is something that's very, very important. Because if we get that back, I can have my condo underwriter look at it within 24 hours and let us know if there's hurdles, let us know if there's issues. So doing that up front is huge, as early as we can in the process. The next thing is going to be that you don't plan ahead for the additional fees or the extra timelines that these uh, condo approvals can take. So fee, what are we talking about? A condo questionnaire fee, I've seen as little as $50 on the low end, all the way up to three or $400 on the high end. It really just depends on the association and who's managing it and what do they charge. So be aware that there's gonna be an extra 50 to three, $400 that you're going to get charged as part of your closing costs. Sometimes you might pay it up front, but typically the way I do it, it's rolled into your closing costs. And that's an additional fee that's going to have to be paid that they charge to do this extra paperwork. The timelines can vary. So a lot of these associations, they'll have a standard timeline of say 10 days. But if you want them to rush it and do it in three or four days, they'll charge you an, a rush fee of 100 or 200 extra dollars. Depending on your timelines, you might have to do a rush fee. I had one just the other day that took the entire 10 business days from when I requested it to when I got it back. They did not get it back early. They took that entire 10 days. They wanted like a $200 rush fee. And my client said, no, I don't, we're not closing right away. I don't want to pay that extra fee. And so they take their time. So you want to plan ahead for the additional timelines in your contract to make sure that you can still meet the different milestones. But you also want to be aware of these extra fees, like I said, so that you, it doesn't come up at the last minute and you're not hmm. short. The other thing is attorneys and title companies, depending on where you're closing, they have to coordinate some extra paperwork with the condo association to make sure that there's no uh, money owed from the previous owner if you're refinancing to make sure that there's no back dues owed or liens on the property that can come up from the condo association. There's something called estoppels that need to be ordered by the uh, title company or the attorney. 
that can take a little bit of extra time too. I've seen a couple days all the way to a couple weeks. Mm. So just something else that you and your realtor want to be aware of and your mortgage loan officer so that we can coordinate and everyone's in synergy up front. If there's going to be a delay or an issue, we can handle that quickly and communicate so it's not something coming up at the last minute. The last thing I want to mention about a main pitfall of a condo is going to be an interview process. So I don't believe every condo has an interview process, but a lot of them do where they'll require that you speak with a condo board member or go about, you know, a group of people and they're going to ask you questions. They're going to interview you. What do you do for work? And ask about you and yourself. How many people are living with you? All these other particulars because they want to vet you as a new member of the association, as a new uh, owner in this condo. So they want to make sure that you meet the criteria, that they know what they're getting into and your background. And also for you, you can ask questions. But that final interview, it can take time. I've seen closings delayed several days because, you know, people need to re-coordinate their work schedule to go in for the interview. Um, I haven't heard of people getting declined on an interview necessarily, but I'm sure it does happen. So, you know, these are no, some they, extra they would decline me. They'd say, oh, you're that radio show host. Well, forget it. Get rid of this guy. We don't hey, want Hey, I don't know <laughs> if they can even do that or discrimination laws. Yeah. I don't know what is or isn't, but just be aware that the final interview is typically going to be required. There's got to be some additional documents that are necessary when getting a condo mortgage, I'd think. There are. There yeah. are. And this is uh, going back to what we were talking about on the differences. So, on a condominium mortgage, we're going to need to get an HOA questionnaire. Mm, mm. Now, an HOA questionnaire on a limited review, it's like one page. On a full review, it could be two or three pages. A lot of yes or no questions. I don't have time to go through all the questions, but it's just information about the condo. When was it built? Is it a conversion from a previous apartment or something else? Um, is the builder still in control of the association? How many units are there? How many are occupied by investors or excuse me, occupied by owners? And how many are owned by investors that are renting them out? There's a lot of other questions like that, but that's just kind of the gist of it. So we need to get that paperwork done as soon as possible. And like I was just saying, it can cost quite a bit of money in some cases to get done and take a bit of time. So that's one. The next thing is a litigation letter, or litigation documentation. So a big no-no with condominium mortgages is if the HOA is in a lawsuit. If it's a lawsuit, a lot of the time someone will slip and fall. They'll sue the association for you know wrongdoing. They didn't salt the walks. They didn't do this or that. And there'll be a lawsuit going on. Um, in the case where there's any lawsuit at all, no matter how small, there's a bunch of extra documents that are going to be asked for. We're going to need lawsuit documentation from the courts. You know, the attorneys might need to be involved and write up letters about how if they lose this uh, lawsuit, it's going to be paid for. Um, so that's definitely something that needs to be understood, If especially if there's a lawsuit that could be a huge red flag, okay? Um, next thing is master insurances. So when you get a, a condominium mortgage, you are getting also a master insurance policy. So part of the process of being an owner in the condo is that every month when you pay your HOA fee, part of that money is gonna go to handle a master insurance policy. The master policy may or may not include your belongings. Usually it doesn't, sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't, but it, it's the master policy for all the common areas, the walkways, the you know the outside walls, 
Um, all that stuff is covered in the master policy. We're going to need to get copies of that because we need to see what coverages there are. Then on top of that, you're going to typically need to get your own condo policy to cover the inside of the condo. Now, those condo policies are usually very inexpensive um, and they don't need to cover very much because, of course, they're only covering the interior walls. But it is something that you want to be aware of. And then the last thing is budgets. So if you're putting in Connecticut less than 10% down on an, on an owner-occupied condo, we're going to need to do a full review of that condo. And one of the big pieces of that full review is going to be looking at the budget, how much money is coming in and how much money is going out and where is that money going to. The main things that we're looking for on that is at least 10% of the budget needs to be going towards reserves. Mm. Okay, that's huge. I've seen a lot of condos not meet the criteria just with that one item alone. And then the second thing is making sure that there's enough money in the reserve, obviously, to pay for future replacements and things of that nature that yeah. could come up. So it's a little more intensive, yeah. as you see. And this isn't a big deal if if we do it, you know, early in the process. Where it becomes a major hassle is when we have to, like, do all this halfway into the mortgage process. It's huge delays and huge issues. Well, that, that's good. that just kind of leads me to my next statement or question. I mean, there's got to be extra time. That um, for all these additional requirements for condo ownership, that's going to add yes. to the entire process, right? Yeah. I mean, so I would say if you've got your ducks in a row and we know who to contact and what to, you know, what to ask for and all that, you know, it could be three to five days. I've had scenarios where it's no. wham, bam, in and out. They know what they're doing and we can get the entire process for the condo approval done in just a couple days. But on the high end, I've seen it take as long as two or three weeks. So if you figure your entire mortgage process might only be 30, 45 days, if the condo approval can eat up several weeks, it can put you behind the eight ball. My best practice is as soon as we know that there's a condominium involved, even before the offer is accepted, I'm trying to have my realtor partners get a copy of the budget, find out who I need to reach out to to get that condo questionnaire <laughs> and these other documents. If we know that early, we can spur into action. There's other cases where... You know, it goes back and forth for a week. And then finally we find out, you know, this person that's in Nebraska is the one that needs to fill out the questionnaire because they're out of town and it can take a while. Yeah. I've had some horror stories with that. So you really want to be thorough up front and getting all this vetting done and building in these extra couple weeks on the high end into your process. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can contact Rob. Make an appointment with him uh, at 860-413-3938. Again, uh, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that phone number. I'll give you some points of contact like uh, email and the website uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, Rob, maybe you can go into some detail on the difference between a full condo review and a limited review. Yes, this is really, really important. So a full review, like I said, that's when you're going to be putting the lower down payments typically. The full review is going to be looking in depth at the budget. That's, I'd say, the biggest difference is that budget is scrutinized. Every single line on that budget is being scrutinized on a full condo review. And I would say probably the number one reason I see condos not get approved for a full review is due to the budget and the financials. So the full review, just be aware that that's going to look a lot more closely at the financial piece, the budget, the reserves that they have 
have. Um, so, you know, it's something that, again, you want to vet early. So if there's a pro problem, we can either have you put more down so you can do a limited review or you can switch properties. If this one's just not going to work, if you can't put more money down or there's some issue we can't get over, then, you know, you may just need to switch properties. So that's the gist on a full review. On a limited review, it's more concerned with the litigation um, are there lawsuits going on? If there are, what types are they and what are the particulars? And of course, the insurances, you know, um, we want to make sure that the master policy has the right coverages. It covers the right things and the right amounts. Uh, if there's in a flood zone, you, you know, the master policy, there needs to be a, a master flood policy as well. Uh, so that's going to be more of the gist on a limited review. But the full review covers everything a limited review does, and then those other items on top, like I said, with the reserves and the budget. So in a perfect world, limited review would be done on every one, but that's just not, you know, that's not the world we live in right now. And sometimes we do need that full review. I'm really happy to say that I've had quite a few limit or full reviews done just in the last couple of weeks. Every one of them has been no issues, come out with flying colors. That's what we like, that's what we want. Just adds the time at that point, but it doesn't cause any hiccups. Hey, how did the collapse of the Surfside Miami condo building last year affect the process of getting a mortgage on the on a condo yeah. today? So this is huge because the condo, especially the limited review, was a lot more lax going yeah. back even a year or two ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um you know, there was even cases where we didn't need a questionnaire at all on a limited review. It was just a litigation letter, insurances, and we're off to the races. But what happened is just in the last, uh, I would say, four to six months, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have changed their process because of the collapse of that condo down in Florida. So the issue was down there that the condo collapsed due to all this maintenance work that needed to get done and didn't get done. Mm -hmm. So there was all this maintenance that you know, concrete was crumbling and all these things, and it could have gotten handled, but it didn't, and that caused this collapse. So what happened was they redid the questionnaires, and they added all these additional questions that ask about the structure. When was the last review of the structure, like an engineering review? Um, what type of deferred maintenance is there? Has there been any special assessments or deferred maintenance in the last several years? What's going on with the foundation? Um, where are you at with replacements? Are there replacements coming up? Do you have budgets for the replacements? These all became super important because they came to the conclusion that had these questions been asked on this condo that collapsed, then might be a different outcome. And a lot of these people might not have died. So that's why they changed this all around. And now you have to do these questionnaires. Even on a limited review, there's still questions asking about the structure and about the you know reliability and the maintenance, et cetera. So that was the big change is they changed the questions, they added questions, and limited reviews now have this extra layer of scrutiny that they didn't before, but obviously it's for everyone's protection. Well, I was curious. That's why I asked. I, I thought it maybe it would have something to do with it. What about getting a condo using a government loan like FHA or the VA sure. that you were mentioning? So condo loans using FHA or VA are a different animal. You know, everything that we're talking about here today is really focusing on a conventional mortgage backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. But if you're using an FHA loan, then it's much more complicated. Same with a VA loan. So let's talk about 
the the simplest process. So if you're going to get an FHA or VA loan, you can go in and you can look at condo approval lists. You could go on Google and type FHA condo approval, and you can go in as a member of the public and you can search the FHA database and you could see every condo that's been approved or rejected or reviewed in the last decade through the FHA website. So you can get that information just by putting it in and putting Connecticut and hitting search, and you can see a list there. Um, VA has a little more complicated process, but they also have an approval list. Um, There are ways to get condos approved that are not already approved. Just know with a government loan, it's a much more lengthy process. There's something called an FHA spot approval, which will allow a one unit approval where they'll approve just the unit you're buying. Still a lot of paperwork, but that could take an extra week or so. Then a full condo approval through FHA where they're approving the entire project. I've seen that take anywhere from 30 to 60 days. So it's one of those scenarios if it's not already approved and your lender won't do a spot approval or it's not eligible for whatever reason, then know that that's going to be a huge hindrance. It, it uh, may take several months. It may make it so you can't even close on the deal at all because I've seen certain circumstances where they'll submit to FHA for approval. And FHA is even more thorough and uh, more strict than these full reviews. So a condo that's approved through FHA, you can feel confident that that condo has their act together financially. You can feel confident that the association financially is in a good spot because it's very difficult to get approved through this process. And same with VA, you know, same thing would apply there. So just make sure that you talk to your lender ahead of time if you're even considering a condo and you're getting one of these government-backed loans because you might be completely ineligible. Yeah, I'm listening to you and you talk about these questionnaires and they want to know what do you do for a living and they want to know who's, you, you know, uh, you, you could be, realistically, you could be meeting your, your make new friends there. Sure. But keep in mind that somebody could just be buying a condo for an investment piece and the person who's obtaining or trying to obtain the mortgage right. may not necessarily be the one who's going to be residing Correct. in that condo. Well, and that's a higher risk for them. That's why it's always looked at that if you're going to live in the property, it's a lower risk for the mortgage, it's a lower risk for the condo association they know who's living there. Once it's an investment, then it opens up for who's going to live there. Like you're renting it out through Craigslist. You're putting something on Facebook. Who knows who's going to respond and live there? You're just trying to get a tenant in. So it is a lot higher risk when it's an investment. Along those lines, though, it's important that you understand the guidelines for an investment condo is it cannot be more than 50% owned by other investors. So if it's a condo that you're trying to get a mortgage on and you're going to be using it as an investment strictly, then the other unit owners, at least 50% of the other owners have to live there. And I think the reason why the guideline is like that is because if you go into a condo project and it's all rentals, it's probably not going to be in as good condition as if people actually own and live there, right? Because there's a pride of ownership. So that's a huge one. Some investors can't even get mortgages on a condo at all, even if it meets all the other criteria on these full reviews and whatnot, because it's 75% rentals. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, but as long as you're, if you're the owner, I mean, if you're the, the mortgage lender, as long as the owner can cover it. Nope. It's not a mortgage lender issue. It's a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, government back type of issue. So if you're going to live there, though, that rule doesn't apply. That rule only applies if you're doing this as a business purpose, strictly to rent out. I had one actually in Danbury last year Mm -hmm. where it was like 70% owned by investors. The young gentleman buying it, he was going to live there. Had he not 
live there, he wouldn't have qualified. The condo wouldn't have been approved. But because he lived there, he was able to. And my condo writer, underwriter even said, Rob, you know, it's 70% or whatnot investors. We really need to uh, make sure that he's going to live there. And because he is, we can now do the loan. Interesting. If you'd like to make an appointment with Rob Weinberg, write this phone number down and make sure you call him. I wouldn't wait Monday, Tuesday. I, I, I do it this week. 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you. Write it down right now. 860-413-3938. Check them out online at ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. Again, ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. And by the way, if you'd like to... Uh, if you've got a question that you think others could benefit hearing the answers to as well, nothing too, too personal. That's when I would say make the phone call and set up an appointment with Rob. But um, we would love to get your question answered right on these very airwaves. Hey, who knows? Maybe as soon as even next weekend. Uh, simply email Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.